Welcome to Wins and Losses, a podcast where Phil Strunk, that's me, chats and reflects with educators from all over. Thanks for joining today. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this Revived Wins and Losses podcast. I'm very excited to be with you today. Again, uh, my name is Phil Strunk. I'm the host of the podcast, and today I'm really excited about our guest. But before I get to him, I want to kind of set the table for you, let you know what you can expect on this podcast. We're going to start off every podcast with a little education. And those of you that uh, followed my YouTube show, you might get a quick chuckle out of that. I'm going to have a conversation with our guests about their role in education, things they do. And then as we get further down the line, we're going to do some combined reflection where both my guest and myself are going to reflect on our roles in education. We'll close with some fun questions, but uh, I'm very excited about today. I'm really excited to revive the podcast and to have my first guest on the podcast be a guy that's like, He's like my educational brother, I think, Pat Hausman. Pat, how you doing, man? Doing well, Phil. It is a nice day outside and been cooking right along, getting work done too. So tell me again, so where are you at right now? I am currently in the basement of my brother's house in PA. One of the first um, family trips we've been able to make with all of the good COVID-19 going on. But it is north central PA, real close to where Little League World Series happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, I uh so then you're not too far from my gram. That's pretty cool. I uh not too far from Williamsport and stuff. That's awesome. Yep, right down in Hughesville, about a 15-minute drive or so from Williamsport. Yeah. Sweet. Well, listen, Pat, while you and I, you know, we know each other really well, listeners may not. So, can you do me a favor? Just give me like your your elevator pitch. Give give your listeners or give listeners an intro to who you are exactly. So I am Patrick Hausman. I can be found on Twitter at phausedu, which is at P-H-A-U-S-E-D-U. And website is the same, phausedu.com. I am an instructional technology coach and supervisor for Clark County Public Schools. I'm nearing the decade mark there, almost 10 years in a role like that. I am also a dad to three fur babies, as my wife says. We have a dog, a cat, and a hedgehog. So a nice variety of pets and have a wide range of different ed tech certifications from Google Innovator and Google Trainer down to being an ambassador for WeVideo, Nearpod, and Wakelet and rounded out with a whole bunch of other goodies in there, such as being ASCD emerging leader in 2019. So basically, you're you're a very smart guy, Pat, is what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> yeah, that, definitely. And I, I don't like free time. And I can attest that, you know, <laughs> as I was thinking about different things I could do for my innovator project, it eventually became a nonprofit called Unison EDU at unisonedu.org. And it's a group all about helping schools with professional development when they don't have either the money or the people to make it happen on their own. Which is also an, an awesome program that that I've I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. Uh, we got a lot to unpack here related to these things, and I kind of want to back it up to to sort of the beginning of this journey for you, Pat. How did you go from the role of of teacher into this uh, instructional technology coach, or as we call them in, in our county, the instructional technology resources teacher? And you know now you're Mr. Bigwig up in central office too. So it was a it was an interesting path for me, I think, as far as um, 
being from Pennsylvania and of course being you also from Pennsylvania, you know mm-hmm. how hard it is to get that first teaching go- job in Pennsylvania. So I went through my undergrad, which was social studies, seven to 12 certification in PA and interviewed a little bit, did substituting for a while and just couldn't break through. So I decided I'm going to get my master's in instructional technology in hopes that that would help me get a social studies job and ended up falling short on a couple of jobs again and actually knew people well enough to know that I had been number two for a couple of them, but experience mm-hmm. was what was getting me. So I made the call. I'm, I'm going to move to Virginia. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in some way, somehow to teaching and get this, get this career started. So that led me to a year in Prince William County where I was both an ITRT and essentially a tech teacher. I taught my own classes in the middle of the day. Then I co-taught with eight grades around that. So I got a mix of not only troubleshooting tech and leading trainings for teachers in the mornings and after school and PD days, but then I also taught my own groups and then I co-taught with teachers. So I kind of got a mix of all the different possible worlds I could be in, in the education side, especially to connected to ed tech as well. And right that on. led me then after that, I had, I had a rough year in the fact that I, I kind of worked with a really tough admin and mm. I, it eventually got to the point where I said, I, I love what I'm doing, but I can't, I can't keep doing it here. It, it's not a healthy scenario for me to be in. So I applied back at the hospital job that I had left in PA in a supervisory capacity, and I applied for a job at Clark County Public Schools. And I said, if Clark County works out, I'm in, I'm going to keep rolling. If not, I'm going to move home and I'm going to think things over as I start a different job. And I got hired at Clark. I met, obviously, I met you there. We connected. I also met my wife at Clark and almost nine years there now. So things are I was waiting awesome. to see if you'd bring up your wife. I was I was nervous. I'm like, if he doesn't bring it up, like, hmm, does he like lose brownie points at home or? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have to hide all links to this recording, most likely. <laughs> but um, have- once I got to Clark, it, it was essentially ITRT once I got there, but it has also mm-hmm. evolved a bit there. And as you know, when I first came, I actually taught my own class at the middle school for Project Lead the Way, which was um, automation and robotics and also design and modeling. And so I was, again, in that role of teaching my own classes, had my own groups of kids. So I was getting that experience there on that side. But then three quarters of the day, I was ITRT traveling to different buildings, working with different groups. So, Mm. and that has transitioned then after a couple years into just being ITRT and getting to travel around and co-teach, do trainings and all that kinds of good stuff. So I, I was very happy that once I became an ITRT, it actually was a little tougher because you have to plan more and do more when you teach your own classes. But I think you need that credibility when you go into different conversations and into different coaching roles to be able to say, I have been a teacher. I have taught my own classes. I've done very similar things to what you're doing. And this is how I incorporated some technology. And then also just be human on the other side of sometimes tech just doesn't work. When I'm teaching design and modeling, for instance, if the kids don't know how to use a ruler and different things, I can't teach them the other things. I I have to start with some other things first. And sometimes paper is just better. 
Yeah. And that was one of the things that whenever you and I first started working together and, and chatting about ed tech things, I was very appreciative of, you know, I didn't want to feel like tech was being forced down my throat. And, you know, you, you very quickly made that clear. And I was thankful for that. Uh, you know, people in the, in our County love you, Pat. And, you know, at the, at the very least to point out the fact that the school board has said on multiple occasions, whenever uh, I've seen you present at meetings that, you know, your value and your worth. I am curious since you, like you said, you've put about a decade into this so far, how have you seen the role of technology and and more specifically, how have you seen the role of, of teaching students about technology change from like whenever you and I were students and we had like a keyboarding or typing class to, you know, what does it look like now as we're gearing up for this, uh, for this world post COVID, hopefully uh, within the next couple of years. Yeah, so I, I would say from the time when I was in school and doing tech, it was very much tech as either an add-on in classes, like mm. we're going we're gonna to do a project this time and we're going to use the exciting new thing that you've learned in PowerPoint. It's going to be amazing. Or <laughs> we're going to make a, we're going to make a Wordle and then you never see it again. You use it that one time, you don't touch it. Or like you said, it's going to be a keyboarding class to teach those fundamentals, but then you're not really doing anything creative or kind of the the next level stuff after that. And I think that has happily been a change that I've seen over my time as far as there's been much more integration of technology versus just use. And what I mean by that is tech is seen as a worthwhile component almost every day in a lot of classes as far as being a resource and being something to enhance lessons. I always stress that you should start with kind of your learning goals and what you wanting to do there. And then tech comes as a secondary thing, if it can enhance. And like we've talked about, sometimes it doesn't fit. But I like the fact that a lot of things have moved in the way of kind of that creativity, collaboration, some of those skills that are very much enhanceable by technology, but are also skills that transcend technology and Mm -hmm. will help those students take whatever that next step is, whether it's a career or continuing on in education. But I like the fact that it has been integrated more in a less kind of structured and rigid way. And yeah, because, you know, something that, that we have also discussed too offline is, you know, Bad pedagogy is is not saved by by technology. You know, you you need good, solid pedagogy. You need to be able to to kind of find a, a firm basis of where to start in education before you bring in that technology piece. It, it's a tool. It's not you know the tool to use. Yeah, which absolutely. I think is important. Uh, bad teaching is going to that kind of derailed train is just going to go even faster when you add technology to it. It's not, like you said, it's not going to save it. It's not going to be a lifeline for it. Good, Mm -hmm. sound pedagogy coupled with technology is what equals that kind of endless promise and endless opportunities for different things to happen in education. Yeah. I like that you use the phrase endless promise there and endless opportunities. I want to speak of this this promise and uh, these opportunities too. You had a really cool journey on your way to becoming a Google certified innovator, which there's how many of them in the world, Pat? I think it is somewhere creeping over the 2000 mark now. Yeah. So in a world of 7 billion, not too many, and you're one of them. What did that journey look like to becoming a Google certified innovator? And then uh, after that, we'll talk a little bit more about, about what your project is for it. Yeah. So I, 
it was something that it was not a I got it on the first try type of thing. A lot of mm-hmm. people see the the list of badges that I see or that I put on some of my slides and kind of use as some of my intro, but it was a process of initially I was thinking what what would Google want to see? What what are they looking from for me? If they look at my website, if they look at different presentations, what aligns to what people think I should be doing or think that I'm about. So it was very much a tech oriented thing of using tech more meaningfully, but it wasn't something that I was like super passionate about. Obviously I'm big into ed tech and there is a passion there, but that project and the way I worded it, put it together, it just wasn't there. So I wasn't super surprised, honestly, when I didn't get in the first time. And I actually was happy I didn't because of the fact that I then went back to the drawing board and really thought, you know, what, what am I really passionate about right now? What is really hitting kind of my heart at this point? And I was in the process of doing a second master's degree in leadership. And I kept coming across articles about schools that didn't have the resources they need for, for, for professional development, where they were losing teachers because of the the place the school was located in, they couldn't retain and keep teachers. And through looking at that, it really kind of ignited a new passion in, I really want to do something around ed tech and digital equity and getting resources to schools. How can I make that happen? And that became a pitch for what would eventually become Unis and EDU. And it was if foundation was, I want to kind of offer things pro bono and get out there as much as I can to help people. But through the Innovator Academy, which is probably one of the most profound kind of PD experiences you can have, it pushed me way outside of my comfort zone almost every day I was there and really forced me to think not so small. They they stress like moonshot thinking and 10x mm-hmm. goals and, okay, you have this kind of problem you've come up with. And you really, you don't want to even be thinking about a solution at the beginning. I knew the problem, but Unison was way, way after the Innovator Academy when it actually happened. But it was, okay, you have this problem. We're going to go all around it and use the design process to really push your thinking. But don't think small. Think about the biggest possible thing you can, and then think a little bit further. And that push is what really got me to the fact of, okay, here's my idea. Here was my kind of small thinking, but what's the biggest thing? Okay. How about a full fledged nonprofit? So it it was definitely an interesting path and one that really, it definitely helped me grow. And it's a, it's a great thing to be a part of. Um, Now, Pat, one of the unfortunate things that sometimes edu Twitter does, they take this buzzword and they use it and they use it and they use it until it's been so watered down that, the original purpose behind it has been lost. You know, Unison EDU is focused on this idea of equity. And I do not think that you are watering down that message, which I think is so important. And so what I'd really like for you to do now too, is how would you explain equity without saying, you know, without using the like baseball fence picture um, to the listeners, just so that they can get a better idea of what, what is it that Unison EDU stands behind? Yeah, so, and I I will touch on one thing briefly, too, that you hit, Mm -hmm. and that is the kind of the community of educators that surrounds Innovator, too, and it's not necessarily the fact that you need to be an innovator, but just building out a PLN is enormous. 
and having that group of people that isn't just going to be there when you need it and support you, but also push you beyond your thinking and out of your comfort bubble and keep you on that edge that I really think almost forces creativity and forces growth and learning. And I think that PLN is also where that equity piece can come in as well. As far as, like you mentioned, we've all seen the the fence picture where people get a different size crate to stand on. And if they all get the same one, then that's not equity. That's a quality. They they've all gotten the same, but they're, they're not getting what they actually need. And for me, the simplest form of equity is everybody getting what they need personalized to them to have the same opportunity for success or the same opportunity to follow the path or trajectory mm-hmm. that they want to for themselves that's driven by their inner passion to seek and go towards whatever that personal greatness is they see for them without things prescribed. It's more, this is a resource that they need to follow their path and it's personalized to them. It's not every student gets the same number two pencil. No, these few students are going to get a special grip on it because that puts them at the same level to be able to operate and function or it's making sure everybody has not only connectivity to the internet, but everybody has a high enough speed connection to the internet that they can all stream videos and do different Mm -hmm. things. So there's a lot of different elements to the equity side, but whether it's digital equity or tech equity, which is a term that I I heard coined by Ken Shelton, it's, it's really the matter of getting them what they personally need to be able to succeed, not just giving everybody the same thing. And that's really where Unison is. When we go in and we connect with schools or we connect with educators, we're not giving everybody the same prescriptive PD. We're working with schools, we're working with educators on needs assessments and polls and things like that to know this is where you're at. This is how we can help this group move forward and get better. But the next school we work with, even if it's the same tool or same tech we're looking at, that training is going to be completely different because it's based on what they need and what they need to help their students keep moving forward. And and as I'm listening to this too, Pat, you know, this past year, Unison had the opportunity to work with a school division in Southeast Virginia, uh, right? Southeast West Point? Yes. Okay. Uh, can you kind of just explain what exactly was Unison did there? That way, if somebody's listening in and they're wondering like, wow, Unison sounds like a great organization that could really meet the needs of, of my school division, lacks funding or uh, something else, they can kind of get a bit of a sense of what it is. I, I know that we tailor things to what the needs are of the area, but I think giving them just like a, a little example would help some people out too. Yeah, absolutely. And at the very basis of Unison EDU, our goal is to provide world-class support to all educators in need and be mm-hmm. a force for digital equity. And along those lines, when we're looking to connect with the school, we are looking to do a twofold kind of experience or support for them. One of those is that professional development, which could come in the form of what we helped with West Point was offering around 10 sessions given by Unis and EDU members at their convocation day, which all surrounded tons of different things in the world of G Suite. So we did a lot of Google-related sessions for them to help augment the staff that they had on hand there. 
we also then want to do a follow-up piece to that, which comes in in the form of a blog. And that is interviewing the administration team, some of the teachers and things that are connected to that school to create a showcase piece about the great things that are happening there, why it's a great place to work, what are the connections to the community, what's in the community that is kind of making that a great school community collaboration. All of those pieces that kind of give a nice piece that they could use for people coming in as per prospective employees and teachers, and also to really just give them a showcase piece of this is why this school is an awesome place. So we really focus on kind of that twofold framework. But as far as what we can do professional development wise, that really goes into obviously those live sessions, virtual sessions, coaching, consulting, helping to put on an ed camp, either in person or online and full fledged ed tech conference or just an education conference in place, uh, in face to face or online. So, and we are very much trying to get experience on our team from mm -hmm. pretty much any spot in education. And what I mean by that is we have classroom teachers, we have a wealth of ed tech consultants and um, coaches that are still all working within schools. We have a tech director, we have a superintendent, we have a principal of almost 20 years, we have a nonprofit director of many years that also trains and does different things in the world of ed tech. So we're really trying to diversify that way. But a big thing that we want to do very soon and something we've been trying to do and starting to reach out more and more is diversifying that team across the board. We, we want to celebrate diversity and we want to have the diversity on our team mm -hmm. that is representative of the places we hope to go to. And right now we've started a lot in Virginia because that's where I'm based. That's where a lot of the team is. But I really hope for Unison to grow in a national or even international capacity at some point in time, because I, I know there's educators in need well outside of the state of Virginia, and I'm willing to do what I can and anything the team can as far as grouping that, getting those people together to help as many people as we can wherever they are. And it's such a supportive team, too. And I can say that as, as a member of it, Pat. I really like the community that you're putting together within Unison. So if, if somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, I'm like, wow, I would really love to help bring equitable educational opportunities to students. Or if you're if there's like a building admin or somebody listening in and saying, you know, I need this team at my school division, district, building, whatever. How can they best contact Unison EDU to set something up? So if they just head to unisonedu.org, there is a button straight on the homepage that says Get Extraordinary Professional Learning. That'll be a form right there that they can send in and that pings directly to the team to make that happen. And they can also email to admin at unisonedu.org. And that is checked by a few different team members as well. And we will reach out. And if anybody is interested in joining the team, you can use the, that admin email as well, but you can also go to the team page at Unison EDU, and that will have a link there for joining the team as well. So we welcome people to help on any side they can, and I'm welcome to connect with people via Twitter as well at my Twitter handle at PHASEDU to talk with people more and give them an idea of what it would mean to join the team, but also 
if it is a school or district or even just an educator that's looking for help, they can reach out to us as well. And it's a it's really a great program to be a part of if you're thinking of joining and you're listening in or if you're looking for high quality professional people to bring in for great PD. I've been blown away by the by the people that are on our team and uh, there's so much to learn. Pat, I've really enjoyed this education. Uh, right now I want to transition though into the second part of our show which is a little bit of reflection. You know, you and I, we present at a ton of conferences together. And I feel like whenever we're driving back or whenever we're driving there, we do a lot of reflection back and forth. So this is going to be basically second nature to us, uh, I think. But are you ready to do a little bit of wins and losses? I I am indeed. My man. So uh, I'll go first with our our wins. And for those of you unfamiliar, you know, we're going to talk about wins. We're going to talk about how we celebrate them, maybe a loss that we experienced or two. How can we take these losses and turn them into wins? And then just a little bit of a self-care conversation. Sometimes these are ed-based and uh, sometimes are, you know, just personal-based. So my big win, I found out I'm having a son, which was awesome news. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to the anatomy scan because of stupid COVID. But there's a place that does private ultrasounds nearby. And I was able to go there and um, find out with my wife that we were having a little boy. So... That was an exciting personal win in my life. Pat, I know you have some pretty great wins, and uh, yours are much more professional, which I like uh, to to balance out mine. First and foremost, I want to give a a public here, thank or not thank you, but a congratulations to both you and LB on the new edition and on finding out that it was a boy. And I I very much enjoyed watching your your video on Facebook, too, with the cake (laughs) for the reveal. It was good stuff got a smash <laughs> so some wins on my side and i'm gonna cheat a little and give probably more than one here but one of them is connected to covid and it was just seeing the work and collaboration put in by our teachers as far as how much they did for kids and how much they did for each other was awesome and a more personal note to me is seeing the growth of unison seeing the team grow mm-hmm. has been phenomenal and kind of an offshoot to that um, with the different work I've done with our teachers and like you touched on the school board and different things. I have received a promotion in Clark County Public Schools to move to that central office job you mentioned of being more directly the supervisor of instructional technology with the caveat of I, I made it clear that I really wanted to maintain that connection to being able to work with teachers and do training. And last but not least, a fairly recent win was connecting up with the global Google Educators group to kind of do some trainings and really just connect with another awesome PLN. Yeah, you're doing a lot of great stuff there. I see I've seen you pumping out tweets. I've seen other people praising you know the things you do. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, none of this surprises me. Pat's awesome. So uh it's great that you're getting those recognitions there, man. And no surprise that any any gap of free time I try to fill for some right. reason. Not quite sure, but yeah. I get into way more things than I probably should, but so far they've they've turned out great and I'm I'm meeting a ton of amazing people. That's awesome. Free time is your your mortal enemy and that's why uh <laughs> you do these things. So what's your what's your plan for celebration or have you already celebrated some of these wins? Um we have strategically off and on as good things have happened, we have done the what has become a staple of COVID for us as far as grabbing some takeout from some favorite places Mm -hmm. and 
eating in the car or finding a picnic table at a park or something like that. So that has been kind of our mini celebrations, but nice. we are also, um, this is one of our first visits to see family and PA as we record this. So that has been nice. Mm-hmm. And we are also currently planning a vacation for next summer, fingers crossed, that will take us back to Cape Hatteras where we did our honeymoon years ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. So did you just start planning this or was this? Uh... We, we did. We, we were okay. sitting around and we were actually up at the my in-law's lake house at one point where we spent mm-hmm. the majority of COVID because of how isolated it was. Um, we were doing s'mores around the fire and thinking about where would we like to go. And that idea popped out and we thought, awesome, let's, that, that's a great idea. Let's see if we can find the same place we stayed at and things. And I was able to Google it up fairly quickly and see that it was still there, still running out. So mm-hmm. we're pretty excited. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet Christy's pumped. A little uh, vacay. To Christy go to. loves the beach. Mm-hmm. What Who about you and LB? What are, what have you guys done to celebrate thus far? Well, I I mean you you had referenced it too. We were able to is is awesome. My uh my sister's a nurse on a COVID floor, and uh, they just I think in the last two weeks became COVID free, which is awesome. The the floor, awesome. and so both sides of our family were able to get together and have a little gender reveal party based entirely on Disney. And, uh, you know, our favorite place is, is Disney world. And I have pitched to the idea multiple times of, you know, we should just go work at Disney. <laughs> and, uh, um, that's been shut down every time, but <laughs> as we've, uh, as we were planning the, the whole party, we got a lot of good food and then we did cupcakes smashing in each other's faces to tell our family. So, you know, we're, we're very excited. We're feeling very blessed uh, about that. And, you know, it makes, it makes tough times like COVID positive whenever we can find these wins, whether that is, you know, for LB and I finding out we're going to be parents, whether it is for you being able to connect with all these awesome educators, because these connections are so important during this time where we're isolated in each other's homes. This, this feeling of loneliness, you know, it can, it can be debilitating, honestly. And so I'm glad Pat that you're able to do that. I'm glad you and Christy have a, a long-term goal of a great vacation. Um, Aside from wins, though, you know, sometimes we get hit with some losses. And I know last night I tweeted out, I was getting frustrated. I have this whole plan for a bunch of awesome activities for my students. I had this cool VR virtual scavenger hunt that I wanted to work on. I had this idea of modeling my classroom after the Jedi Order and having them do different activities, all inspired off of uh, John Meehan's Adrenaline Rush book. And as I was coming up with these ideas, it hit me crud these all require movement and so it's just kind of back to the drawing board and that was a loss for me because COVID is it's killing so many people uh, and it's disappointing for that it's messing up a lot of life plans for other people and just on a smaller note for me it's just it's messing up plans I have to create meaningful connections to instruction with my students so that's my current loss what are what's a loss you have Pat? Yeah, I would I would second initially the the just the di- disruption to life across mm-hmm. the board for COVID has been staggering, and I I can't express enough empathy towards people that have lost loved ones and things. But mm. even outside of that, like you said, the the amount of disruption it has caused to the world of education and beyond that, and 
nursing in hospitals, like I'm sure your sister has had a lot of long hours and time away from her family. It, mm-hmm. it has definitely had a big impact on everybody. And on a more personal side, I'd say the time lost with colleagues and friends and family has been definitely one of those things that has been hard. I, I'm naturally kind of an introvert as it is. So not going out into crowds and different things hasn't necessarily affected me much, but losing part of that smaller circle that I associated with a lot has been Mm -hmm. hard and just trying to keep myself out there, do a ton of video calls and webinars has helped, but those personal connections and losing those has definitely been difficult. And I'd say more recently, and of course you definitely know this because you, you you bailed me out with a ride home. I was (laughs) recently rear-ended on my, my motorcycle, which people Mm -hmm. that know me know how much I love my bike. So that was definitely a loss. Um, and it, it's probably going to be gone for at least a month. And according to the insurance call this um, this morning, I, it may end up being totaled. So we'll, mm. we'll see how deep that, that loss cuts. But on the same side, and you know this, of course, too, because you, you gave me that, that lift home afterwards, um, I couldn't be more thankful or lucky. So it, it's partially a win, too, that I, I I got rear-ended on the motorcycle, but at the same time, I, I walked away from it. So yeah, um, I, I was lucky in that sense too. And I had a great friend there when we, we needed a ride home because our car was full of stuff. I, I got to call Phil and got to see you for the first time since COVID happened. So there's a yeah. few little wins hidden in the losses. It was scary though, man. I mean, I mentioned it to you on the drive home that I knew – that one of my high school teachers, you know, got in a pretty bad bike accident. So, and I didn't know, I don't even think I referenced my uncle in his motorcycle accident. So I was feeling for you and I'm, I'm really glad you're okay. It, it was, um, a, I, it was a very scary experience and, and to have my wife in the car in front of me to kind of witness it really nails home how bad it could have been and how, mm-hmm. how much we're praising how lucky we are. Yeah. Blessed man, Pat. Um, all this being said too, there, there's definitely, if we sit in our losses and we just wallow in them, nothing happens, but if we can find opportunities to, to take these losses and, and grow from them, you know, that can make a world of difference. So like for me in, in my life, I was frustrated about, you know, I can't get these things done because they require student movement. So it led me to go back to the drawing board and I'm referenced it before the show, Pat, I have this awesome idea to share with you about having my students be time travelers and going to this time wound and trying to piece together a timeline because history's erased it or this like seismic event has erased it. So I've been able to go back there, go back to the drawing board and and come up with some solutions that I think students are going to love. How about you? What are some ways that you can take some of these losses and either shift your mindset or change your actions to produce future wins? Yes. So, in a lot of them, and I, I, I touched on some of them there too, is really trying to find even in those bad spots or those losses, some of the positives and the wins. So mm-hmm. I, I talked about with the motorcycle, the fact that I walked away has erased a lot of the negatives for me of the accident and being without my bike. Cause I, I know, like, you know, people I've known people that have not walked away and have had a lot mm-hmm. of issues corresponding to it. So I, I can't be more happy that I did get to walk away and I got to hug my wife right there and everything was fine. And school wise and different things there, it's been great to 
reevaluate and think about how can we still make things happen. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a video call is not quite the same, but if you do a video call and it maybe make some of those not just work, do some virtual happy hours. Yeah. Set it up if you're close to people, put some chairs out in the driveway or out in the yard that are spread out at least six feet or so and just sit and talk and have some of those connections. It's it's not quite the same, but look for those bright spots that you can still create and have. And I think we'll be surprised as we, we get more and more used to this no, new normal, how many of those bright spots we can find if we, we just look a little deeper. Yeah. So what are, what are your plans for self-care coming up, Pat? So I would say um, self-care is definitely something I need to work on. So plan number <laughs> one is trying to be okay with ha having some free time and having some downtime and not seeing it as a negative. It's not, it's not a negative if as a teacher, as an ed tech person, as somebody helping with a nonprofit and all the different things I get into, it's not a bad thing if I have two or three days where I don't do work. And right. that's a real struggle for me to be okay with that. So that is probably plan number one. And mm -hmm. I would say something I started a little while ago and that I wish to continue, which is part of that plan is my unplugged weekends. I try as much as possible to stay off my phone and stay off a computer all weekend. And that, that equals checking Twitter very seldom, if at all, checking email very seldom, if at all. And my, my saying there is I'm unplugging from that stuff so I can replug or reconnect to family and friends in person. I like that answer. Uh, my self-care. So LB and I, we had to cancel our Disney vacation, which was a huge bummer. Uh, but we we're still able to go on a vacation up to Stone Harbor, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, just like just like Christy loves the beach, LB and I, we love the beach. So it'll be a little different this year with all these COVID restrictions, but it should still be a blast. Uh, maybe after that, Pat, we can do one of those socially distanced lunches, uh, maybe get some Thai food and eat from afar. I don't know. What do you think? I am in 100%, and I have never had Thai food, believe it or not, so I am Wait, definitely stop. in to try something new. I thought you still haven't had, like, sweet basil or Winchester Thai? I have not. Game changer, man. Whenever you eat that stuff, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life. I hated and Thai food before those places. I, I will say that part of building the PLN and making connections is also on that personal side, being open to new and different things before <laughs> my wife and some of the people that I've connected to when the thing of Thai food came up or something, I would not have said I'm a hundred percent in, I will try anything. I would have been like, who just let me know what day that is. And I will plan something different. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you the, between the drunken noodles or the Thai fried rice or um, there's this there's this curry, and I'm gonna have to ask one of the teachers that used to teach up at the high school what it's called again. So many great options. Um, so now, Pat, I want to move into this final bit before we start to close out, called our high fives. These are questions totally unrelated to education, just so that guests can get to know you a little bit better. And I very intentionally did not put them in the notes. That way, you wouldn't be able to prepare for them. They're very difficult questions, but I think you can handle them. Are you ready? I am my, my inner introvert and the perfectionist that likes to over prepare is a little bit on edge, but I'm in good. <laughs> good. First one. And I think I already know your answer to this uh, beach or pool. I'm going to go pool. Cause I am not a huge fan of sand, 
Um, but I'm also like not a huge travel. fan of pots, so between the two, it's pool. But I will also take a cabin in the woods, probably over both. Hmm. Cabin in the woods over them, but otherwise pool. Okay. Uh, I think. Hmm. I think I'd go with beach just because of the whole experience, and I love seafood. Um, Very true. Next one. Football or tennis? I'm going to say tennis to play mm -hmm. um, in a very close tie, if not a slight edge to watching Penn State football. Um, yes. But I also get into watching some good tennis on TV too. So playing definitely edge to tennis. Um, I was very out of shape in the days where I probably could have played football. So practices scared me. I wasn't sure I could make it through. So <laughs> I went the tennis route. Yeah. And, you know, you coached tennis, so... I did, indeed. That might be it. And uh, you and I, we share the same love of Penn State football, so that's always a, a fun one for us. This next one, I uh, asked LB to give me an idea for a high five, and she said it, and I knew right away which one it was going to be, and I think the listeners will know, too. Summer or winter? Ooh, I'm a winter guy. I, yeah. I, I referenced it slightly there that I'm not mm -hmm. a big fan of hot. I am not necessarily a fan of being super cold, but I am a fan of hunting and in particularly deer hunting, which happens a lot in those colder months. But I am also a huge fan and lover of snow, even yeah. enjoy driving in it. So definitely winter for me. I like it. I'm right there with you too. I wish we got more snow here in the valley. Um, favorite movie genre? Ooh. That's a good one, because there is a ton of good movies out there, but I'm going to yeah. go with probably the combo of kind of the movies that hit in mystery suspense with a lot okay. of action happening. Um, but I can say being married to an elementary teacher, and I, I, I'm assuming you can probably relate to this, mm -hmm. I have gotten into a lot more animated movies and into the world of what UNLB would love too in the world of Disney. So yeah. I, I would say there's some favorites, but there's a lot of good movies across the board. Have you seen Wreck-It Ralph yet? I have seen um, the first one. I have not seen the Wreck the Internet yet. The second one was really good too. I was I was very skeptical going into those movies, but we have Disney Plus. We're like, well, it's free. Let's just watch them. I love them. They're so good. I like them a lot. We just got Disney Plus, so mm. I'm gonna have to be diving in when I when I find some of that free time. Yeah, watch The Mandalorian if you haven't already. It's good stuff, man. Will do. Uh, last one here: library or bookstore slash Amazon? I right now in the current side of COVID goodness, our mm -hmm. only option is Amazon. But I would say, in person, I'm probably more of a library guy. Okay. I, I love, especially here in the Winchester area in Virginia, we have a really cool older library in Hanley and just seeing the different mm -hmm. architecture and the way that they designed it is really cool. But also that that smell of the books and different things that you get is different in the library, but I'm definitely not opposed to a bookstore, but I'll go library. All right. Whenever LB and I were having this conversation, she's very big on library going and, and borrowing books and returning them and things like that. I don't know what it is with me. I just like to to buy the book and hold on to it. I think it's because it's like I want to be able to, if I ever want to go back and reference it again, I'll have it right there. If I want to be able to hand it to somebody, I can just give it right to them to read. So I'd probably be bookstore Amazon, but uh, I definitely can. Uh, I definitely can understand the library side of things. I will say I have often 
if I've read a book and I've really loved it through the library, I end up mm -hmm. buying it as well to keep it, just like you're saying, to have it. Yeah. Lots of bookshelves in the Strunk house. All right, Pat. Well, uh, thanks for being on. Before we sign off, what are some uh, what are some final thoughts you have for us? Do you have final thoughts for us? I would say probably just uh, a couple here. And, and one okay. of them is in whatever role you're in, try and lead with em empathy and humility. It, admit when you don't know something and then deeply listen and research to learn more before you formulate some sort of response to people. Be honest and open and let people know those mistakes and those things that have helped you get where you are. It, it has been a door opener for a lot of conversations and great relationships for me. And then connected to that, like we've touched on a couple times, is just even when the days are dark and when different events happen that are really dark, try and look for the bright spots. And in those bright spots, look for the ways that you can help and be a force for good. Don't try to sit back on the sidelines and just kind of watch the things happen if you can help it. Jump in there and try and be a force on the side of good. I like it. Very, very superhero-esque from a super dude. Um, Pat, I really enjoyed our time talking today. Maybe we can do this again in the future. Oh, I am 100% in any time. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, hey, that's all we have for today. I want to thank everybody for listening, and now we'll, uh, we'll cue the exit music. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wins and Losses. You can find Wins and Losses pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to the show to get updates when new episodes come out. And if you're someone that's interested in being on Wins and Losses, you can sign up by going to philstrunk.com slash contact. Again, thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time.